Welcome to the Senya Happy Hour, where you get one hour of learning in less than 30 minutes. Today, I speak with Max Simpson, the founder and CEO of Steps with Tira, a vocational training center for adults with special needs located in downtown Bangkok. With a passion for sustainable social businesses as a platform for employable equality, Max hopes Steps can be a model for companies on their own pathway to inclusion. Max and partner Uang are past winners of Senya's Honorary Advocacy Award and have truly shown us all how an inclusive world can look. And now, on to the show. Max Simpson, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. You bet. So in this time, this time of COVID, it seems like it's all we're concentrating on. So let's focus today on something positive. Let's focus on Steps with Tira. Uh, Steps of Tira is a social purpose organization or social enterprise that um, works with teens and adults with learning differences um, to prepare them for transition to employment. So we have a range of different um, live businesses. So we have three or four coffee shops and a couple of zero waste shops where our trainees get to um, gain transferable skills such as punctuality, following instructions, uh, dealing with problems, um, resolving conflict, communication uh, in a real work environment. So it's a hands-on learn by doing approach. Um, And at our main uh, center, we have a training center upstairs where we have a team of job coaches that work with trainees to do a UK accredited program called ASDAN. Um, as well as some of our own developed curriculums. So they are gaining the theory side and the emotional and social support side alongside the work. Well, it sounds really cool. How did you come to think of this idea? Uh, I had been working at a uh, special needs, uh, an international special needs school here in Bangkok. And um, there was kids there from age two um, up to adults in their 30s. And it was pretty clear that it was difficult for the older guys to to move on into something that is more realistic for their future. Um, And there's many factors why that's hard, right? Um, What we've come across is there's huge safety concerns from parents. Uh, There's a lack of awareness of learning differences in the community. So employers don't feel comfortable. Uh, And a lot of the time, there's a huge disparity between employer needs and the skills uh, that the the trainees have have had access to learn in the past. Um, So I will always remember there was one particular class and they used to go up there and they were always learning about parts of the plant. And I thought like, wow, they've been doing this for like four years and they're like in their 20s. And uh, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's great that they (laughs) might know this, but how is it going to help them in the next stage of their life? Um, So I started taking a group out to do work experience at a local cafe. uh, And it turned out that the the owner of this cafe uh, has a son with with autism. So she was really open-minded and easy to work with. um, And their positive outcomes for the the students was, um, you know, so obvious from, from, from the word go. They appreciated being in an adult environment that's more mature, where there's a clear reward for their hard work, i.e. a customer 
smiles and says thank you or they make something and it goes well and then they get to sell it or you know even smaller things like colleague interactions like they, they all really benefited so they were um, working in a bakery at the time yeah, yeah. okay so often people think bakery and all oh, my child doesn't like to cook um yeah me too um, but <laughs> it creates lots of different jobs right so we have trainees who, who love doing stock taking or we have trainees who like to do social media. So they take our photos and post on our social media for us. Um, of course, we have some guys that love to do baking um, or they're good with money handling. So they run the, the till. Um, there's just like endless different jobs that can be created uh, for them. So that went really well. And then I, I asked the owner of this bakery if, uh, if I quit my job would she join me in uh, <laughs> setting up a, a venture together called Steps of Tira? So the original bakery was called Tira. So we added the steps with, um, and for some reason that I'm still not sure of today, she, she said yes. Um, and sort of six months after that, uh, the, the, the first branch came to life. That's incredible. What type of challenges did you guys have along the way in setting it all up? Um, I mean, firstly, I had to overcome my early midlife crisis um, in doing it in the first place. <laughs> um, but I think this was a challenge in the beginning and actually still a challenge now. We, we don't fit in like a, a neat, tidy box for the, for the government. So we're not a school. Uh, we're something in between. So it creates lots of headaches with, with licensing and registration of the, the business. Um, so we kind of get around that one way or another. Um, and then there's a kind of a cultural taboo around disability anyway. And then when you do disability plus vocational training, it's, it's a difficult one for, for certain families to, to overcome. Um, it's seen as pretty, pretty low to go into a vocational job. Um, so we had to work hard to make those families see that this is something that's actually much more rewarding than uh, staying home, which was the case for, for lots of our guys, or um, being in a inappropriate program elsewhere that just fit the social stigma or the prestige that they needed it to. Um, so that took time. Um, but it quickly, it quickly grew. So I, I think, I, th I, I think we did okay with that. Um, and I think, uh, we struggle with how, how do you talk about this? I mean, when we talk to educators, it's super easy because we are educators as well. So we, we fit well in that world. But when you're talking to other people, it's like, okay, well, we don't want to market this as like a special place to come. It's not, it's normal. Like this is everyday services that people need, i.e. coffee or bakery products or, or breakfast, doing a normal thing, i.e. being inclusive. Um, so we never wanted to utilize the trainees as a tool to get people to come. Right. It's, it needs to be like good service, good quality products, and then people return, um, which takes time. So um, I know apps or new, maybe I, I should know a little bit more now, um, nothing about running coffee shops. Um, <laughs> and I, I, hope, I hope it's more now, <laughs> but it, it, it's hard, right? Like it, right. it's not something I would ever advise somebody to go and do because it's, uh, you know, it just lots of reasons, but it often is that 
input doesn't match output. Um, but for us, it's okay because we're about impact. So we're not about profit maximizing. Um, well, and the majority of businesses, especially restaurants, fail in their first one or two years. So how did you manage that? Um, I'm going to have to give all the credit to, to the co-founder. I mean, she, she is the one who with the background and knowledge uh, in the, the coffee shop side. But uh -huh. I think what our customers tell us is that the environment is nice, that they want to be there. So we have a lot of return customers. Um, and I think through talking at lots of events and working with lots of schools, we have lots of supporters in the community who, who want, to, want to be part of what we do. Um, but the reality is maybe 90% of our customers are expats or tourists and only 10% Thai. Oh, so interesting. this thing we, we work hard to try and uh, change because we are obviously not um, promoting or doing something in a way that engages the Thai community, which is actually the one we need to change. Um, the whole purpose of having the coffee shops is to provide this platform, right, where not only are our guys getting the opportunity to use these new skills and put them into practice, but also so the community can see them being capable and value adding so that their perceptions change and they go tell somebody else and so on, so on. You get the whole theory of change happens. Um, but if the local community aren't coming, then maybe we're not doing that the way that we want to be doing yet. Hmm. And part of the reason you opened the steps from what I understand, is there's a, a law or some something in place in Thailand about hiring a certain um, percentage of students with disabilities or people with disabilities. Yeah, there's a, an employment quota where uh, companies here need to hire one in 100. Um, and if they choose not to, they can pay a fine to the government, um, which is the equivalent of around a minimum wage salary. Um, so there's very little incentive for them to do it, um, and the majority don't. Uh, so yeah, we work a lot in that area where we are trying to do diversity and inclusion training for companies and help them at the start of their journey to building this culture of inclusion um, all the way through so that our guys can then go on into employment there. So going on into employment, is that the goal for your trainees is to kind of graduate from steps and move into paid employment on their own? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think there will be, well, there, there are already two different models that we have. So for those that want to and are able to, they, they graduate and then they will do internships and then move into paid employment with our partner companies. So the partner companies have been through our uh, diversity and inclusion training, and they've spent a lot of time with our team um, looking at environment, communication, um, all the things that we, we need to put in place before someone transitions. Uh, and then our job coaches go in on a regular basis to support that ongoing. Uh, and then the other model is that we get contracts from companies to complete different types of work uh, at our training center instead. So there are, we have like a, a data management center where we get asked to digitalize work um, such as HR papers and accounting files that you have to keep for like seven or 10 years, I think it is. And companies don't want to pay to store it and then not be able to access it. So we digitalize it for them uh, and then they can, they can see it on their servers. So this has been a fantastic 
program that came at the end of last year because we knew we needed something that perhaps needs to be on site with us but is still an employment pathway um, and it's created opportunities for some of our trainees who would be classed in the horrible higher needs uh, bracket uh, right. for, for ease to, to classify that way um, who would find it very difficult to be in an environment um, that wasn't steps um, sure so rather than going to the other place of employment they're at steps in a place where they feel comfortable doing yeah. the work that they know, have learned to do through your support. Yeah, so if you go into this uh, particular office that we have, uh, it looks like uh, any other office, except we have a yoga ball, a swing, uh, a sofa area, a weighted blanket, a box of sensory tools, um, so that someone can get up and use those things if they need to, and then they will get back to work. So. Actually, I think this would be good in all offices, but yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> Again, uh, we, universal we'll, design. We say right? it all the time. <laughs> um, and there's lots of visuals up and uh, the environment is very calm. Um, so it, it works pretty well. Um, and actually, we, we, we let all of our guys try this program, regardless of their, their diagnosis or level of um, independence. And the majority of them really enjoyed it. Um, those that can communicate share the bus that they don't want to be one in a hundred. They want to be somewhere that's truly inclusive and that there's other people like them. Um, that yeah. is through a little bit of a spanner in the works for us because we, you know, <laughs> of yeah. course, you know, it's, it, yeah, it changes things. We, we always thought, okay, support, train, work with companies, that's the next chapter of your life, but um, they want something different. So we want to respond to that, that need. Uh, and that will bring us to the next stage of steps, I guess. Hmm. Can you tell us about some of your success stories? Ah, so many, man. <laughs> um, I think last, last year was a pretty big year for us because I think um, 100% of the, the graduates went into paid employment. Um, this is across different different industries, um, but two two big hotels, um, the Rembrandt and Hyatt, both work with us, uh, which is pretty pretty cool. Um, and then we had some guys go into some smaller restaurants and some into ICT and office based work. Um, so it was a really successful year. Um, I have some of our trainees. Actually, I, I work with at the school I was at before, so I've known them for maybe seven or eight years. Um, and there's one one guy in particular. I remember way way back. He he would only eat mama noodles. This is the only thing that he would he would eat. <laughs> it's just a, a note. Everything else, and he was pretty low of his expressive language, but very high understanding, um, and was quite isolated um but as he's been through the program more and more he his confidence and self-esteem has just rocketed um and he's he's just he's a man now like he's a grown man and he has a job and like he wears his shirt and tie and goes to work and he's proud of himself uh and i think that that's it like uh i know you and i laurie talk about this a lot like as parents of children with learning differences, you have this grief process that you go through, right? Of, sure, sure. I might not achieve this or that, but um, I get to, to live the other side of that every day by seeing the, 
goals they do achieve and the person that they do forget to become because they are in the right environment. So yeah, it's a pretty cool place to work, I think. When you talked about the, um, the difficulties you had at the beginning with the families and getting them to understand that vocational work is good work and something that their children can be proud of. So now that you've had a few years under your belt, how are those families feeling now? Yeah, they're, they're, they're super happy with the, the outcomes for their, for their child and they, they've learned to trust us. And that's so hard, right? As a, a parent of a, a child of learning differences, you get let down a lot or you're faced with people who don't understand your particular needs often. They may have worked with somebody with autism or Downs before, but that doesn't mean they know your kid. So right. I think the fact that we have low numbers uh, and a low, uh, high ratio changes that. And we, they, you know, it's like a family. These guys care about each other. They have a line group chat where they talk to each other nonstop. It's, it's something different. And I, I, I never want it to be any different. I don't want us to have hundreds of trainees at a time. It, it doesn't work. Like this is a safe space where parents and the, the trainees have come together. Um, and I think, yeah, the, those parents, they, they've seen it from the other side. So what are some next steps for steps? Next steps for steps. You'd be surprised <laughs> how often that happens. <laughs> but at least you did it, not me. <laughs> it's more awkward than I do it. <laughs> next step for steps. Okay, so for a while we've been trying to uh, increase the impact that we have. So I'm pretty impatient and I, I want to do things as quickly as possible, um, which isn't always possible. Um, sometimes because of where we live and uh, there is a very paper-based um, system <laughs> in place to get things done. Um, but that's, it, it's okay. So we, we are trying to create um, what we call an impact campus where we have multiple examples of um, inclusive social business on one site uh, that offer everyday services to the community um, so that people come they do their daily shopping or they get their car washed or they get a haircut and it's all just things that you need to do anyway but it just so happens that there's training and employment opportunities on site for mm -hmm. those differences so we, we want to have more types of business but in, in one space um, so we're working towards that at the moment. Um, yeah, the current situation um, changes the, right. the line a little bit, but uh, there's actually, you know, lots of support out there at the moment for social projects. Um, and you have so, a place in Phuket as well. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, this is pretty cool. Actually, it's uh, one of our graduates, her family wanted to have a permanent um solution for 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 her life something that's rewarding for her um and they they live in phuket so uh bangkok wasn't a long-term option for them um so they franchised uh steps coffee shop uh and because they did that we explored what is the need in phuket and then also decided to open a training center there too um so that's yeah it's just about a year a year old now so yeah it's pretty cool as well and you have partnerships with several schools in the area. Yeah, we have partnerships of uh, lots of schools in Bangkok and almost all the schools in Phuket just because it's smaller. Um, but yeah, this, this goes a long way to 
um, of course, making teachers aware that there are next steps for certain students, mm -hmm. that there is a, a place they can go next. So we work with some schools on a transition model where they start coming to us um, for as little as half a day from year seven and eight. And then as they go through up until uh, 12, year 12, year 13, they, they increase the amount of days. Uh, and this works pretty well. Um, I'm a big advocate for trying to keep um, students with, with learning differences in school for as long as possible, because uh, they feel like they, they, they benefit so much from that peer, peer modeling. Um, but for some, it just doesn't fit, right? Schools of a thousand, mm -hmm. two thousand sometimes kids is, is just a bit much for, for some of our guys. Uh, but yeah, the school, the school partnerships are really cool. Uh, we have one coffee shop inside one of the international schools. Uh, which is great uh, and I'm trying to to expand that because they're just nice environments for, for our guys to to do their thing um, and that they, they get well supported there. That's great. So if you were to go back and give yourself some advice on day one of planning steps and and to think about where you are now, <laughs> what, what advice would you give yourself or someone else who's going to try this? How long do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I think build a build a network of support uh, is really important. We we have a really great board of advisors that we sort of collated over the years, but it would have been great to have had that at the beginning. It's okay not to know everything. Um, people will ask you questions that you don't know the answer to. Um, it's hard to run a business when you're an educator because you don't know anything about it, and that's okay. Um, I had to learn to get okay with that. And I don't know, I'm not an expert in finance or marketing or uh, PR or these things that actually you need to be. Um, so go out there and find good people who will give you their time for, for free as a consultant um, and listen and learn from them because that's been an invaluable part um, of our success is those mentorships that we had. And <laughs> I think be prepared to give up for lots of time that's, and that's okay. Um, and spend time to hire the right people. Like sometimes we, we hire because we feel like we desperately need to have somebody, but the right person is better than just a body. Um, and we found that not everybody cares about the, our mission and that's okay. They don't have to, but to work with us, they have to care about our mission. So, right. so yeah, um, patience, I think is the, the key. It, things happen slower. Well, you, you definitely have it. So, and as a um, mom of a child who works at your, well, an adult, excuse me, as a mom of an adult son who works at Steps, I can say thank you. And I'm so appreciative of what Steps has done for his life and for our lives in turn. Um, not only that, the food at Steps with Tira is phenomenal. So um, even if my son didn't work there, I would go there and eat often <laughs> should i live closer <laughs> move closer <laughs> maybe so max i think that's all we have time for today so thank you so much for spending this time with us and telling us more about steps thank you for having me i really appreciate it thanks for stopping in to our senya happy hour don't forget to head over to senyainternational.org slash podcasts and check out our show notes from our discussion today we at Senya hope you are enjoying these podcasts. There is so much to explore, and we're at the very beginning, so feel free to drop us a note 
and let us know what you'd like to hear more about during your next Senya Happy Hour. Until then, cheers! <laughs>